Hey, it's KJ with Living Christian, and welcome to the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. If this is your first time here, what we do on this podcast is read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus along the way. Each episode dives into Scripture and discusses it in a somewhat modern and relatable way. I'll also be answering some questions from my social media followers. Oh, and we'll drink coffee along the way as well. If you feel the urge to support the podcast, you can do so right here on the podcast page. If this podcast helps you grow in your faith, maybe consider sending it to a friend or uh, maybe dropping a rating or review. It certainly helps us get the word out. And also, make sure you check out livingchristian.org for Bible verse lists, Christian blog, an apparel store with a bunch of Christian t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. It's awesome. All at livingchristian.org. And if you're there, make sure you use the code PODCAST20. That's a special code for 20% off our entire store only for our podcast listeners. So PODCAST20. Use that when you're on livingchristian.org. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, welcome to the Bible Reading Coffee Drink. Today we are in Hebrews 11. Um, in case uh, you're just joining me, this is the first time joining me, you can watch all of these live on Instagram, uh, like we're doing right now on Mondays and Fridays typically. And uh, if you miss any of those, obviously, uh, you can watch them all on YouTube, listen to them on the podcast, Bible Reading Coffee Drinking Podcast. While you're there, I'd appreciate you. Maybe go rate and review some of the podcasts if you're listening to it in that format. It kind of gets the word out. On that, so we're reading Hebrews 11 today. Uh, it's one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, as I've mentioned. Um, it's it's it goes through all these examples of faith uh, from the from basically the Old Testament, uh, which is fantastic. It goes through all these examples of faith as it builds up. Now Hebrews is located in the New Testament. We're at, after the um, after the uh, Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. We go through. Uh, Hebrews, I'm sorry, Second uh, Timothy and Titus and all these other ones. So we're now we're in Hebrews, uh, and um, and this is talking about the great examples of faith, which is fantastic. I have a sip of coffee, and we'll just dive in. We'll just dive into Hebrews 11 today. All right, Hebrews 11. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. So as I mentioned, this is talking about kind of a bunch of Old Testament stories here. <clears throat> Verse 3. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed by God's command. That we now have did not come from anything that can be seen. Talking about Genesis. It was by faith that Abel uh, brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval of his with his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by example of faith. All right? This whole thing about faith. Verse 5. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. Before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. I love that line. I can get my highlighter because I don't have that one highlighted. Um, this is verse 6 of Hebrews 11. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those with sincerity who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. I mean, you got to think about how many times we've already heard the word faith in, in these first uh, you know seven chapters. So he starts talking about, you know, we have to have faith in the fact that God exists and he created everything. Abel had faith. Noah had faith. Enoch had faith. He's talking about these stories of old, especially in, in these people that he's discussing this with. So you have to think this is the beginning of, 
uh, where Paul and the, and, the, and the disciples are going out, starting the book, uh, starting the church in the book of Acts, if you want to read that. And we're going out and talking to these churches, talking to these people about uh, what they need to believe. So this is kind of a great way to call back to, for people of the time to understand that they need to have faith. All right. Verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God had promised him, he lived there by faith. He was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to the city by, with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. So this is this is going back to uh, Abraham and Sarah, right? Sarah was way too old. God had promised Abraham they would inherit the you know a nation, and this is what he's talking about with Sarah. In case you haven't read the Old Testament in a while, <laughs> she believed that God would keep His promise, and so a whole nation came from this one man, who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there was no way to count them. Verse thirteen: All these people died, still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. You see, faith is, is believing without seeing. They could not see what God was promising them, but they trust that God was being true to them. Verse 14, obviously people who say such things are looking forward to a country they call their own. If they have longed for the country they came from, then they could go back. They are looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. This is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, as he is prepared a city for them. All right. Verse 17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. For those who don't remember the, the, the verse, God called Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Okay. And he didn't, obviously, but God was, he wanted to see and, and, and Abraham to show his faith. Okay. Uh, Abraham, who had received God's promise, promises, was ready to sacrifice his own son Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is a son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God would be able to bring him back to life again. In any sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. If you remember, at the last minute, God sacrificed uh, a ram uh, as opposed to Isaac. All right, verse 20. It was, a, it was by faith that Isaac promised Blessings for the future to his sons Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, who was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's son and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. These are all Old Testament uh, stories. Fantastic. Verse 22. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commended them to take his bones with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. 
It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the door post so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn. So let's just take a moment here to talk about what we've read so far. All right. And the, and the, and the, and the theme that's going through all of them. Whether it's Abel or Noah or Enoch or now Abraham and Sarah, all the way through Moses, his lineage of people that put their faith in God and listened to God and couldn't see, right, where they were supposed to go, couldn't see what they were supposed to do, but they listened to God and they followed his commands and they followed to do exactly what he asked them to do. People without faith would call that blind faith. Like, you know, you're, you're just gonna, you have to see something and believe it. So you believe in something that you can't see. Therefore, it's blind faith because you can't see. I just call it faith. I call it trust. I call it having God as the, my, my leader and God as my, my, my guide through this life. Because I'm following him where he wants me to go and where he's taking me. Just like Noah, Moses, Abraham, Joseph, all these people that he's talking about. They followed where God was leading them. It wasn't always easy. Think about the story of Moses. Go back and read Exodus once, you know, every once in a while. How challenging that was. And frankly, Moses didn't even get to see the promised land. He died before that happened. But he followed God all the way to the end. All right, so let's go back. Um, 29. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were dry ground. But when Egyptian, when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. They had no faith. That, that verse there, 29, summates our entire world right now. All right, You got the people of Israel trusted God, trusted that he would part the Red Sea and give them a path. The Egyptians did not trust God. They did not believe in God. They did not have faith. And they all drowned. It's as simple as that, my friends. It's as simple as that. Verse 30. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days, and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people of her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. That's a great story if you want to go back and read that. Verse 32. Um, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories and the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, uh, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their, weaknesses were, was, their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Rem women received their loved ones back Again, from death. He's coming back going, hey, what more do I have to say? I just recounted all these stories, all these scriptural stories that the people that he was preaching to at the time I had all heard. They had all heard all these Old Testament stories. And they were trying to wrap their heads around, what does this mean now? What does this mean when Jesus has come? This, 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 this rabbi had come, taught that he was the, the way, died and was resurrected and ascended into heaven. What does that what does that mean to the old scriptures? How do you how do you go to the Jewish people? How do you go to the Hebrews and teach them 
that there's a new way, a new covenant. So this is what he's saying. It's all about faith. I've told you all these stories. Verse 35. But others were tortured, refused to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. So this is where, this is talking about the hardships of Moses and Noah and all those. Talking about those hardships and those rough times. And the fact that because they followed and let God lead their life with their faith, they eventually got to where God needed them to be. Now, now he's talking about all these people were hoping for a better life after the resurrection. But what happened? They were jeered at. Backs were coping with. So they still dealt with problems even though they were following Christ. It doesn't mean Abraham, Noah, Enoch, all the people he talked about didn't go through hard times. But eventually through their faith, they were delivered. So now we're talking about the people and the, and, the, and the disciples of the time and the Christians of the time that put their faith in Jesus Christ were still being persecuted even more so. Something for us to learn today. Let's finish this and we'll talk about it. I love the line 38. They were too good for this world. Wandering around deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. They were too good for this world. God was so pleased with them for having their faith that he called them too good for this world. Isn't that a comforting place to be? The fact that God views us as too good for this world. We're better than this world. All right, verse 39, wrap up here. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them have received all that God had promised, just like Moses, etc. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. God has something better in mind for us than this world. We're too good for this world. He says right there. He has something better in mind for us than this world. We will not reach perfection without God. Pretty awesome. I love Hebrews 11 because it's such a, a look back at all the Old Testament scriptures describing the same path that all of us are going through, right? We're all trying to have enough faith. And if we put enough faith in God, and we give him our entire life, and we follow Jesus Christ, and we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he will deliver us, maybe not in this life, maybe not here on earth, but in heaven. Your reward is not necessarily here. As he says, we're too good. They were too good for this world. They were wandering through deserts, right? They did not prosper here in this world. But they were delivered through God. Pretty awesome. So think about that today as you're dealing with life's troubles. And I know we're going through a lot right now, my friends. We talked about the the earthquake in, in Syria and Turkey this morning. Uh, there's a lot going on in today's world. The last few years with the pandemic and all the turmoil 
uh, here in the United States, all of our political discourse. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot going on. It's, it's not fun right now. All right. <laughs> I, I found myself uh, looking back and, and, and being retrospective uh, in my life lately of times that were uh, a little bit um, calmer in my life, the 80s and 90s. I'm old man now. Uh, but uh, I, I tend to look back on that because today's world I don't necessarily recognize. And uh, it's tough. It's tough. But what, what I'm learning out of Hebrews 11 and other uh, chapters is the fact that if I just keep my faith in Jesus and let him lead me where I need to go, I'll get to where I need to be. I'll get to that promised land. He did it with every person that he described in the Old Testament. He'll do it for us as well. Just still, just stay focused. Just block out the noise of this world and the and the bad things that are happening. It's only going to get worse. Uh, and, and stay focused on Jesus and everything else will work itself out. Everything else will work itself out. All right. I love Hebrews 11. So let's uh, let's read a couple of questions and um, and I'll try to answer them and then we'll uh, go about our Monday. All right. Let's see what we got here. All right. Uh, so go ahead and while I'm answering these questions, if you can put some more in there, uh, hit the little question mark on the bottom of the screen and you can ask some questions. So first question, I'll just read the top one. How did you get your account started and how did you get it to grow? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, uh, I would say, I, I don't know how many years it's been now. Um, probably seven years ago, I, I was on, uh, uh, and I've told the story before, so I apologize if you heard it. Um, I, I was on Twitter and that's where it kind of started. So I had followed, um, I saw somebody posted a Bible verse on Twitter. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a Bible verse every day uh, on Twitter. This is before, you know, version and uh, had that Bible verse of the day on the version app. So this is before I think I'd even downloaded that maybe. <clears throat> so anyways, I don't remember what the account was named, but I, I, I started following it um, on Twitter. And just so I could see that Bible verse of the day. Uh, that I really like. So then I'm like, you know, I like, I, I want to do that. <laughs> so I started just tweeting out Bible verses, uh, no inspirational messages, no, no preaching, no, no video stuff. Just, just, just simple. Every morning I get up and, 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 uh, find a Bible verse that I liked and I, and I tweeted out. So that started there and got some traction. And then I eventually started uh, my Instagram page and, um, my website, livingchristian.org. I just kind of built that out. Um, and the main reason, because I found, what I was looking for at the time was something to, to, to get me to read the Bible every single day, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to live uh, my Christian lifestyle every single day. Uh, I felt like I had gotten into a pattern to where I was on Sundays and doing the different things, uh, but it was very routine. And I didn't necessarily... I was praying, but it wasn't. I wasn't living a full Christian lifestyle that way I wanted to. So I named it Living Christian because I wanted to be able to provide you guys and other people, even myself, uh, you know, things that would help me, uh, uh, you know, live a Christian lifestyle every single day. Uh, whether it's apparel like the the, the T-shirt I have on that I sell, or whether it's um, Bible verse list, or the website, or the podcast, or YouTube videos, or you know, all my different social posts that I have, uh, Pinterest, etc. Uh, so we do a lot of those things. Uh, so that helps me stay focused uh, on my Christian lifestyle every single day, and hopefully it helps you as well. So that's 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 how I got started. How I grew, I guess, was the other part of your question. I, that's entirely up to God. Uh, it's a Jesus thing. Uh, I just do what He tells me to do. Uh, I'm just out there uh, praying and, and posting what He asked me to do, 
And uh, so that's how it grew. It just, that's a totally God thing. It's uh, not up to me. <laughs> I'm just trying to be a vessel. All right. Um, all right. Uh, not a question, but we'd love to see you do a verse of the day story on you version someday. Uh, you know, I should. I'll, I'll get a hold of those guys. I, I know them a little bit. Uh, I know uh, the people that started you version. So maybe I'll, um, maybe I'll try to do that. I don't know. I appreciate it. That's, that's, that's flattering. Um, all right, let's uh, kind of scroll through here and answer uh, two more questions and we'll get out of here. Uh, da, 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 da. All right, so uh, I do understand we can't disappoint God. Well, it's debatable, but uh, but also we can't take his grace for granted. Do you believe God just wants to, us close to him instead of turning to sin? Um, that's a complicated question. I, I do think that we can disappoint God um, with our or with our decisions. I think He is all knowing, and he, and he lives outside of space time and matter, so He kind of knows probably what we're doing and what we're going to do. Um, so I guess he, we can't disappoint God in that sense. He already kind of knows when we're going to make bad decisions. I guess, but um, I do feel like uh, mankind uh, we do disappoint God. Otherwise, He wouldn't. Um, you know, do things like what he did with Noah, etc. So um, I, I do think that that's a, that's a challenge that we have. I do think he wants us to know him, right? Uh, and, and one of the scariest verses of the Bible is, is uh, you know, I think, it, uh, sorry, I don't have that memorized, but it's something along the lines of, you know, I, I you don't get into heaven because I never knew you, right? Uh, and, and for Jesus to not know us is, is, is a scary, um, is a scary sentiment. Um, I think he wants to have that relationship with us. He wants us to rely on him. He wants us to go to him. He wants us to talk to him. Uh, he wants that relationship. Jesus wants that relationship with each and every one of us. That's probably what he wants most out of us. Now, the other part of the question is, you know, does he just want a relationship with us as opposed to, you know, uh, submitting to sin? I, I think the closer you are with your relationship with Jesus, the less likely you're going to be to make those decisions that quote-unquote disappoint him or to fall into sin we're still going to fall into sin you're not perfect i'm not perfect we sin i sin every day do i mean to no is it knowingly not always do i feel guilty sometimes absolutely but i know the closer i am to christ and the, the better relationship i have with jesus on a day-to-day -day basis the more that he turns into something that you're focusing on and not this world and that's the key. That's what we should all be striving for is that relationship with Jesus that we look to him and we're closer to him than we are to this world. Don't get drugged down into this world because it will drag you and pull you away from Jesus. I didn't watch the Grammys last night because I don't care. But I did see a few things this morning on uh, social media like uh, one of the singers was dressed up as the devil. It's all red. He's not even hiding anymore. The devil's not hiding anymore. And if you get wrapped up into those things and you care more about watching the Grammys, for example, maybe this is a poor example, then, uh, you know, having working on your relationship with Jesus, you're going to have some distance from him. You got to work on that. It is a battle a little bit. You're battling this world. It's no different than a marriage. I've been married for 20 something years and it's still work. I love her dearly. She's my best friend. But we still have to work on our relationship, right? So you still have to work on that relationship with Jesus. You have to put on that effort. you got to put that effort in. Because if you don't, the world will pull you away. 
It works on you every day to pull you away from Jesus. So stay focused on your relationship with him, and everything else will work itself out, I promise you. All right, one more question, and then uh, we'll get about on Monday. Um, have you read The Theft of America's Soul by Phil Roberts and Doug Dynasty? I'm reading it. I think it's great. I have not read that book. I, I love Doug Dynasty, and, and Phil Robert, Robertson's great. Uh, you know, short story here. My, he played for um, Louisiana Tech uh, football in college. Him and Terry Bradshaw did. And uh, my dad uh, was the uh, quarterback for Lamar Tech uh, here in Texas, and they would play each other. Uh, my dad was a starting quarterback, and Phil Robertson was a starting quarterback. And then after he quit, uh, um, Terry Bradshaw was. So it was just a side note. But I haven't read that book. Uh, I'll check it out. Uh, I love those guys. And, and he, uh, man, he, he, he can speak some truth. That is for sure. Uh, he can speak some truth. All right, one more question. I'm sorry. And then I, I get a real question here, then we'll, um, and then we'll go about our day. Why does God allow wars to happen and war in Ukraine ever end? Uh, that is the last question I'll take because it's a tough one. Why does God allow wars to happen? This is the age-old question, especially for unbelievers or non-believers. They really struggle with why does God let things happen? Why does God let bad things happen? It all comes down to God allowing us man to make decisions, period. Okay, He gives us that free will to make those decisions, period. Everything bad out, you know, in this world is pretty much because of our own doing. Think about the last few years. War in Ukraine. Man did that, right? Putin is a bad guy, obviously. Pandemic that we went through. Probably man-made, right? It's all kind of our own volition. And I think we want that free will. We want the ability to choose Jesus and to choose God. And with that ability to choose God, some, some people don't. <laughs> That's the, just the cutting to the chase there. Evil is present in this world. And a lot of people choose evil over good. A lot of people choose the devil over Jesus, unfortunately. And when those things happen, we have wars, and we have famines, and we have diseases, and we have conflict, and we have hate. We have all those things. God doesn't allow that to happen, quote-unquote. It happens because of us, period. I know we don't want to take uh, responsibility for it, but that's just the fact of the matter. That's the truth. So without that, where would we be? We would be, you know, mindless robots who don't get to choose to love Jesus, who don't get to choose to do good, who don't get to choose to love. You're going to get to choose what we do today and tomorrow. Does God guide us? Yes. Does he already know where we're going? Yep. But he gives us that free will. So having all that stuff, having said all that, stay focused on Jesus. I don't know when the Ukraine war is going to end. Um, we're a little impatient nowadays. If you go back to the old world wars and the Korean War and the Vietnam War, these wars lasted for years and years and years and years and years. Uh, and and uh, so these things can last a long time. I, I don't know how long. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a prophet nor do I, my guide, so I do not know when this war is going to end. Uh, I, I pray for those people. Uh, I, I pray for the innocent people uh, involved in any war, uh, much less uh, this one seems to be... Uh, pretty devastating so uh stay focused on god and uh choose um choose love today don't uh, don't choose hate choose good don't choose evil choose jesus don't choose watching the grammys and watching sam smith dress up like a devil
that's my lesson for today. All right, uh, let's uh, let's say a quick prayer for uh, we'll do, we'll pray for the uh, earthquake victims in uh, Turkey and Syria, and then we'll go about our day. So, all right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today. We love that we have the ability to read Hebrews 11 and, and read about all the Old Testament uh, stories about how they had faith in you and they got them where they needed to be. You led them where you wanted them to go. Lord, I, I pray that everybody watching this or listening to this has the faith to allow you to lead their life. There's lessons there with Moa, Moses and Noah and all the other ones we talked about today. The lesson is they let God lead their life. And that's where I'm praying for right now. It's for everybody listening or watching this right now. is to choose to let God lead their life. I pray that you give them the strength to make that decision because this world does not want it. Lord, and you know this. The devil hates it when we pray. He hates it when we choose Jesus over him. I'm praying that you give everybody the strength. I'm also praying for compassion and strength and healing for the people that are dealing with this massive earthquake halfway across the world from me. It's scary what's happening right now. Those people are hurting and dying and afraid. We're praying we're praying for one that they that they know you. Most importantly, Lord, that's the most important thing that I'm praying for the people of Turkey and Syria that are involved in the earthquake. I pray that they know you. That they have a relationship with you. That's my prayer for them. I want them to have, to live and be prosperous and, and be healthy and safe. But most of all, I want them to know you. Be with them today, Lord. Be with everybody who listens to this today. We love you and trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Uh, say your prayers today. Uh, hug your family. Uh, things will get better. All right? Till next time, we'll do this on Friday. I'll pick another one, and uh, we'll... Uh, we'll get close to wrapping up our top 10 chapters a uh, little tour that I've done this year uh, until next time uh, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind love you guys talk to y'all soon